0: You're listening to the Sigron show, episode number 310. In this episode I share with you eight lessons from Michelle Obama's book tour, Becoming. Welcome to the Sigron show. I'm your host Sigron, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. In today's episode, I talk about my trip to Amsterdam, where I met over 20 Zambas and then saw Michelle Obama live in the Sigurd Dome with 15,000 other fans. I share with you my lessons and insights from this event and Michelle Obama. Before we dive in, I want to highlight a podcast review from Cornelia Sentürk, who says, Sigrun is a great role model for focuspreneurs. If you plan to have a lifestyle online business, you will get such an amazing amount of helpful content from her podcast. I would also appreciate if you left a review on Apple Podcasts, and maybe you'll hear your name mentioned in an upcoming episode. You can go to three hundred ten for the show notes of this episode and for instructions on how to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Recently, I flew to Amsterdam for one night to see Michelle Obama and Sombas. I had read the book Becoming by Michelle Obama and was hugely inspired. I love the book. It's one of the best books that I've read as a memoir. And I have in a previous episode already shared the book review. And now it was time to see Michelle Obama live. I definitely wanted to see her live, and since she was not coming to Switzerland, and I don't think she was even coming to Germany, I flew to Amsterdam. And as, as I was picking my ticket, I saw the opportunity of meet and greet, which unfortunately I had passed. I'm not sure it was actually available in Amsterdam, but I know from the website of Michelle Osbama Book Tour that in some cities of the world, it was possible to have a meet and greet with Michelle. And I was a little bit upset that I had not thought of this earlier and booked my ticket earlier, because possibly I could have actually met her live. And that would have been so amazing. But anyway, there were still tickets available for row number two. And yes, they were not cheap. But... I think this is like a rock concert with your favorite band. Do you want to be in the VIP section or do you want to stand in the back and not see anything? And I absolutely wanted to be in the VIP section and make sure I had a good view on the stage and would hear every single word. And it was amazing. Also for pictures, because I felt so close. Only who was between us, row number one and Secret Service. Yes, yes. They have very tight security to make sure that nothing happens to Michelle. Now, before I actually attended the live event, as I said, I flew to Amsterdam and decided to do two things at one go: to do a Samba meetup in Amsterdam before I attended the book tour event. And it was amazing to see over twenty Sambas show up for our two-hour cocktail. Many of them wearing red. Yeah, we used the hashtag #TeamRed. And yeah, meeting live in person. Many of these women I had never met before and it was so nice to meet them live and have discussions. I made sure I talked to everyone who showed up and uh, we shared a glass of wine and had a good time for, yeah, two hours before we had to head on over to Michelle Obama book tour event. And not everyone was going there. Some of them traveled quite far and came only for that two hour meetup. And I was so inspired meeting these women live that I thought to myself, I need to do this more often. So I will definitely be checking out with my samba students where I should go next. Uh, We have a lot to plan for our conference next year. So let's see how we can fit that in to have a few meetups around Europe and US and maybe some other countries too. Anyway, the topic of this episode is becoming meeting Michelle Obama live and the lessons and insight I got. So I came into the room knowing, yes, I had a ticket in row number two. And I looked over the huge Sigodome, which is the name of the went place. It's really, really big. And it was half empty. And I was a little bit worried that it was not sold out. But as I sat down... Just before they started to uh, play the intro video, I looked back and saw it was completely sold out. Every seat was filled with a person, with a fan, and over 15,000 people were there in the room looking forward to hear from Michelle Obama. And many from them had traveled very far, all the way from the United States for this event. And that was thinking to myself, well, I just came from Zurich to Amsterdam, so that was not so far. No, there was a lot of excitement in the room, uh, mostly women, uh, many women of color, which made me very happy to see, and a few men that uh, were there with their spouses. I don't think I saw a single man who was just there on his own, but I might be mistaken. Maybe there was. And I was so excited. When you've read the book, I think it's uh, more fun to go on an event like this. I bet there were people also also in the room that had not read the book But then I had the opportunity to see different angles, new things. Obviously, this is a book tour, so the discussion was around the book. But I had some new lessons and insights that I had not maybe had in the same way before as I read the book. Michelle was being interviewed, so this was not a talk where she stood alone on stage. And I think that's a a nice way for a book tour. I have also seen the other thing done uh, when Brené Brown has spoken on stage and is mostly talking about her book. It is more inspiring, I must say, because there is somehow stronger energy when people are alone on stage versus an interview. But uh, Mr. Obama has quite a strong presence and the answers were long and, you know, had a lot of energy in them. So I think it got as close to having a talk on stage. So, they go through the book or the book tour event in a pretty chronological order. So, from the start to the finish. And the first lesson or first insight I want to share with you is that you are raising adults, you're not raising children. And this is on parenting. And this is both what Michelle is doing in her life, but it was more about her own childhood, how she had been brought up, she and her brother. They were raised as grown-ups. They were not raised as children, which meant they were talked to differently. There were different things expected of them. And I think that is a wonderful way to think about it. And uh, I have actually done this with my stepsons as well. I've always felt I'm raising grown-ups, I'm raising adults, and I want to make sure that they are good citizens and that they will have wonderful, loving relationships and will have good jobs or be an entrepreneur. And they are not, you know, they are children, but I'm raising adults. So I I loved hearing that lesson from Michelle. Stability came up as a topic. I remember from the book that it was really important for Michelle to be home for dinner. So even when she was touring and speaking in different cities in the United States for the primaries to help Barack Obama be elected as a, a candidate for the Democratic Party and later as a president, she wanted to be home in time for dinner. And this is something from her own childhood, that there was this stability about dinner and other things that she could always No, she could take it for granted almost, but actually she didn't. She was very grateful for the stability and her mother became her role model in terms of how she wanted to create stability for her own children. So for my takeaway is having dinner together, that stability. I think, you know, lives can be busy, people can be traveling, having sports, but having dinner together. I actually read an article yesterday. It was one of those articles that is criticizing homework. Of children. And I actually agree with that. I think homework is a bit outdated concept. But anyway, they said it was more important for children to have dinner with their parents and have discussions. And I would say, even grown up discussions, and where everybody's showing interest for each other and motivation and inspiration to do things and aspiration to become more rather than sitting down. And doing homework. So I think this dinner time was an important concept that Michelle also brought up. Good education is everything, Michelle said. Michelle was a good student and it was really important for her to show others, to prove that she could do things. Uh, her high school guidance counselor told her that she was not Princeton material, And that's why she worked really hard to get into Princeton. And also from the point of view that she came from Chicago's South Side, which is not a place where, uh, you know, wealthy people live. It's actually the opposite. So education was your ticket to get out of that kind of environment and do better. So her parents put a big emphasis on education And she also does that. And I believe even though we have other opportunities today and Michelle Obama is a little bit older than me, I do think the opportunities with entrepreneurship and online business and all these things are fantastic. And maybe education is not in the same way of going to uh, certain universities. I don't think that is as important as it was, but I do think good education is a foundation. So even if you plan to go and be an entrepreneur, uh 20-year-old, having good education is something nobody's going to take away from you. And it can give you network and opportunities that you may not have if you don't have an education. Lesson number four is putting health first. There is a period in the book where she talks about getting fast food for the children and then she has like a wake-up call and starts to actually... Uh, Uh, you know, hire someone to make good food for them because they were very busy. But actually it was in the video before Michelle Obama came on stage where she's being interviewed by Ellen DeGeneres and uh, they are in a competition of, uh, you know, doing uh, exercises on stage and Michelle absolutely wins her over. Uh, They're doing push-ups. Yeah, it's called push-ups. And Michelle is super at push-ups. And then Ellen DeGeneres asks her in this video, how much do you exercise? And she says, I wake up early in the morning and I do one and a half hours of fitness. Now, (laughs) that's quite shocking, especially if you're maybe not exercising. But I must say, I... I've not been taking my health very seriously since I started my business, since I healed or I didn't really heal from my repetitive strain injury, but I got better. And uh, then I kind of got lazy. And uh, in the last few months, I've started to do, you know, I have a personal trainer. I do training three times a week and I've started running. I've done two runs in the last uh, week uh, or the last seven days and I'm determined to put health first, just like Michelle. She had a wake-up call. Uh, She also felt that the period where she didn't do fitness, I think she's always done fitness, actually, that was my perception from the book, but there was times where she felt she was too busy, and actually, uh, she got more grumpy, and there was a period where the marriage, things were not looking so good. And I'm not saying, you know, oh, you can do do fitness and it fixes your marriage, but it was one of the things he said that he did and it actually helped a lot. And I know from uh, fellow online entrepreneurs where they've had health uh, slip away and and not doing exercise and then things get very stressful and everything seems to be overwhelming or, or, or too much going on, doing fitness actually does amazing things. It makes you more focused and suddenly... These things that were maybe overwhelming before are not that anymore. So yeah, putting health first. Maybe you don't have to do one and a half hours. I'm not going to do that for me. If I do 30 minutes a day, that's my new plan. I'm planning to do 30 minutes uh, three times a week with my personal trainer. And then the other days where I am not doing work with my personal trainer, I plan to run outside to prepare for a 10K run, which I want to do in August. So putting health first, absolutely important. Lesson number five, you can have it all, but you need to ask for help. Michelle talks about her mother being a role model, but also she wanted to be a career woman, which her mother wasn't, and have her own ambitions and juggle both. And she talked about it on stage and also in the book that this is absolutely possible, but you have to ask for help. And you cannot, you know, you can have it all, but you have to ask for help. And that's so true. I took this lesson also to me, you know, my stepson's are now 14 and 15. So yes, I do not need so much care. Yes, I also have, you know, my husband and and my stepson also have a mother. So it makes things maybe easier in terms of childcare. But I have not been good at delegating Many of the things that I could delegate, a uh, bit of a control freak, <laughs> perfectionist. And yes, I've had a team since 2014, since my first year in business, but I think I have taken on too much and definitely working on that right now. Actually, right this week, as we are speaking, I'm hiring, I'm really expanding my team. I'm actually doubling my team. But yeah, this was another kind of like, you can have it all, but you need to ask for help or you need to hire help. Uh, So don't pretend you can do it all because there's no point, you know, who are you proving what to? You should rather share how you're getting help. And that's what I'm doing too. So I'm definitely going to delegate more. And I'm thinking actually at home is where we need to start. So I hired a housekeeper. Unfortunately, she needs to quit and I'm hiring another one. But yeah, a housekeeper does more than just clean, like the running errands or shopping or even cooking. Uh, so realizing when you need that help and not trying to do it all on your own. I love this next lesson. Absolutely love this. So there were many political attacks during, you know, the primaries and also just during the presidency. And there was a time in the, I think it was in the primaries where they started to call Michelle Obama angry black woman. Uh, you know, she gets very passionate about, uh, you know, promoting uh, Obama, Barack Obama, her husband. And there were pictures floating around the internet of her face being like, you know, a little bit more powerful. I would say powerful, a powerful face, a woman that has an opinion, that has an ambition, that is strong. But the media didn't like it and called her an angry black woman. And then there were other trolls and, you know, many uh, things that we, we, The bad things about the internet are they come out of the woodworks. They hide under maybe a fake profile, or sometimes they even show up under their own name and say some stuff. And definitely when you are the first lady, you get more of those attacks. And then you get attacks from other people like Trump, Trump attacking them for doing this or that, or not doing this and that. And then Michelle said, this is her mantra when they go low, we go high. And I had to repeat this multiple times to myself. When they go low, we go high. I'm definitely guilty of having reacted too quickly in hindsight to something uh, where somebody says something or somebody does something. Uh, I'm not the one to actually raise my voice or be upset in that way, but I mean online, you write back. You write back at someone and most of the time I don't, but there have been a few times, and this is the mantra that I'm going to remember next time anything happens where I feel I need to react. I'd rather wait and say, when they go low, we go high. Number seven, there is the soft power that Michelle used as a first lady. She wanted to have impact, but she knew she couldn't do something that would be considered too political so she made a garden now it was a cute garden it was nice for pictures but behind the garden was actually a political message it was you know about nutrition about real food uh, about obesity about health but it was all directed to children, which again is a soft power, because it's difficult to tell grown-ups what to do. But children, you can have a much bigger impact. So her garden becomes what we remember about her in terms of her taking actions or, or having projects as a first lady. And I think the two words soft power describes this brilliantly. Doing something that's on the surface doesn't look like you're doing much or, or taking a big stand, but underneath, it is a really, really important message. The final lesson, and probably the most important one, and that's what they ended with at the book tour event as well in Amsterdam. Everyone has a story worth sharing. Michelle made the point that her story is no different from anybody else's story. Yes, she became a first lady, but her story, growing up, the risks she took, the chances she took, the importance of education, uh, wanting to be a good mother, but also having a career, having her own vision. That's just the story of many, many women out there. So what's your story? Your story is worth sharing too. And it doesn't matter what you have achieved or not achieved. Your story is a story worth sharing because everyone has a story worth sharing. And I hope you will share yours, especially after this episode. So I would love for you to share your story with me. You can email me at info your story, if you don't want to share it publicly. Or you can post on Instagram. And tag me online and put the hashtag Sigrun Show and share your story. I would love to hear from you because everyone has a story worth sharing. You can go to Sigrun.com forward slash 310 for the show notes of this episode and for instructions on how to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did... Please share on Instagram using the hashtag sigrunshow, one word, and tagging me. My handle is sigruncom, one word. See you in the next episode.